Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another podcast of a, a godly disruption with your host, Jimmy Bayoso. And today I have two people who are, um, well, they don't even know how dear they are to me because, um, you know, so much that God has used you guys without even knowing um, and have impacted my life. So I have with me today Pastor Hazel and Pastor uh, Marlon. There we go. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. So a youth pastors, um, bass player as well. Yeah. And then pastor of the worship ministry here at the Remnant Church in Saddlebrook. So um, welcome, guys. So honored to have you. Thank you for taking time in your schedule to make this happen. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you, Pastor. So I wanted to start off by mentioning, um, so this was five years ago. What was the conference name that you guys would do, the youth conferences here? FYC. Or Generation of Fire? No, that was... If it was, was here, it was Fullness Youth Conference. Fullness Youth Conference. Okay. So I remember I came five years ago. FYC right here. FYC, there you go. <laughs> Um, I came five years ago and I remember at that time at the church I was at, um, my leader who was my mentor at the church, uh, basically forced me to come. Um, and she was like, come, come. She knew what I was going through. I had recently just finished the two year relationship I was in. Um, church was, had really hurt me. So many things that I had seen going on, you know, behind the scenes, you know, um, just having always growing up with my parents in leadership. I always saw the ins and outs of church, which church is awesome. And sometimes I don't even like to say church because we are the church. I would like to say more the congregation, you know, um, things that happen. So to kind of give uh, the listeners and watchers the ma majority of I shared my testimony before to summarize it up. I was really depressed in that time. Um, told myself I was never going to do drugs. Uh, ended up doing drugs just heavy, heavy, uh, kind of like every day. Um, and I was so lost and it's so funny because when I walked in to the church, cause we're recording at, uh, the temple here at your church, um, these columns here, I remember that I was be hiding behind one of the columns and pastor, um, what was his name? You guys had him as a guest speaker. Dwayne Swiley. Uh, no. Ted uh, Shuttlesworth. Yes. Pastor Shuttlesworth. I remember, I didn't know who he was. First time I heard him. Um, came in for his session. I was there sitting down and I was hiding behind the columns and I was like, you know, just hiding. I didn't want no word. I didn't want no one praying for me the whole time I was there. And I was just kind of looking at my time, my watch and just waiting to get out and just running from God. Knew I had a calling in God and I was just running completely away from him. And I remember he finished ministering and he told, I mean, finished preaching. He told everyone to get up, to stand up. And First person he calls out as like you young man that are that are right there behind the column, come over here. No way. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like how did he see me? I'm not the tallest either. So I was like, making sure that I was hiding. And the reason I mentioned this is because that day, um, when he called me up, I was expecting him to give me a word of maybe the things that I was going through. Maybe tell me, you know, like God is calling you back or something like that, right? Because I'm like, God definitely knows what I'm going through. My parents didn't know what I was going through. No one in church knew what I was going through. No one. I was keeping all this pain and hurt inside of my heart. He called me out and told me the things that God was going to do for my life, the things that God was going to lift me up in and all of this. And in that moment, I was crying. And maybe people were thinking that I was crying because of how great the word was. But I was crying because I got to see the mercy and love of God that 
no matter what I was going through, he wasn't looking at my pain and he wasn't looking at the sins that I was doing. He was looking at purpose. And that's why I'm so grateful for you guys, because if it wasn't for you guys doing that conference that day, maybe I would not be here right now, you know, because that marked such a word of destiny over my life that I remember it wasn't easy getting back up again in the things of God because I was still wrestling with. I'm like, you know, having my eyes on people and on leaders. And I'm like, well, how can this happen in church? And how could that happen? That every time I remember, and if I can be as vulnerable as I can, I remember uh, going back, smoking weed. And at the end of the night, I would always be listening to that word he would get, he gave me at this church. And always a reminder, every time I was doing this, I would have that inner still small, small voice that would tell me, come back, come back. I'm calling you. This is not where you're supposed to be. And I was just trying to fit in. So, you know, thank you guys. Because by your yes, without even you guys knowing this five years later, I'm here now, full circle moment, doing a podcast with you guys. Man. So thank you for your yes. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I wanted to just share that to give a little bit of a summary of how I met you guys. That was my first time meeting you guys. I remember I took a picture with you guys up here in the in the altar. That's our elder Frank, pastor um, from Miami. Frank Echeverria. No, Frank. Um, Monge. Yes. Monge. He was there. Uh, just, I was wrecked that day. Completely wrecked by God. And, you know, now we're here. And I, was just, and I just look back at it and I'm like, how crazy God is, you know. So I want to hear about you guys now. Uh, wanted to just share that for all the listeners and people that are watching. It's like God looks at purpose. You know, like sometimes we think that God is looking at or the state we're living in now and he wasn't because not one thing that he call out of what I was doing or God's going to heal your broken heart. No, he was just speaking about the good things God was going to do in my life. So I want to start with, I guess, pastor, um, your testimony. Like, how did you come to the Lord? Like you're a pastor now with that pastor, a lot of young people. Um, how did you come into this? That's a good question. But first, I just want to mm. say uh, thank you again for having us here. I like to tell the youth there's a divine interruption that's going to happen. And that's what happened to you in that uh, FYC uh, yes. uh, conference. Divine interruptions where, like, everything's going, quote-unquote, normal mm. status until God just interrupts your life because he has a purpose, like you said. So I'm, I'm so grateful to even be part of that mm -hmm. beginning, right? So how I came, it was kind of like your story. Um I was going out with this uh, girl one or two years. I thought I was going to marry this girl one or two years. And then she cheated on me. She broke up with me. and But she was the vehicle that led me to this church. And that's where I found my beautiful wife that gave me four kids. We've been married for 12 years. But to answer your question, that's how I got to church. Mm -hmm. Now, I was actually talking to my my son last night and i was like son you're a born leader you were born you're innate your your essence you're a leader man from the get from the beginning from your mother's womb me on the other hand i believe i wasn't really born a leader i was processed formed and evolved into becoming a leader and that's what that's that was my journey. That's my experience with God. You know, the uh, it was 2008, I believe, when I got to this church, and little by little, year after year, um, teaching and preaching after preaching. You know, 
receiving from my apostle, receiving a lot from my wife, mm -hmm. who back in the days I was a baby, you know, yeah. in the Lord. So that's how I got to this church. My ex was the vehicle to get me to, to my purpose, wow. to my destiny, my prophetic calling that I have in God. And uh, 2013, I believe we got uh, ordained. Uh, 2013 in October in the month of my birthday we both got ordained we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into but God did wow. I know I wasn't ready at that moment I, I mean I, I don't know like who's ready to become a parent and right. where's the manual like this, <laughs> that's how I felt mm -hmm. <laughs> when apostle ordained me but she said this one thing that really marked my life forever and it was um son I see you as a Timothy and, you know, spiritual son of Apostle uh, Paul in the Bible, if yeah. you read it. So um, ever since then, you know, she said that, you know, you're timid, you're young. I didn't really speak too much. I was very shy. Now I'm the complete opposite, yeah. like completely. Wow. And my son is like to a whole nother degree. Like I look at him I'm like, man, I wish I, I wish I was like him when I was like, I wish I was like him because like I was so timid, so afraid I would get so red mm -hmm. to talk in front of people. But, but God changed after years of, let's say, a breakthrough of, of this curse of, like, ministry. God broke all that shyness. Wow. And, like, God has taken me to, God's taken us, our marriage, to different places, cities, countries to preach. Um, and I know that God is going to do above and beyond what he's done with us. Nowhere near what he's going to do with you. Wow. We have to fly to different places. Mm -hmm to preach to other youth. You are going to reach souls that you don't even know about in other countries. Mm -hmm. And God is going to use you and your team because there's there's behind a man, there's always going to be a team behind them. So mm -hmm. I know that God is going to bring that growth within mm -hmm. this podcast. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> wow. How old were you when you gave your life to Christ? Or were you serving, the, you were serving God before you came to the church? My parents were Catholic. Okay. So they, we brought... We were brought up as Catholic. I didn't really go to church, but God had something supernatural from the beginning. They, he told my parents to send me to a Christian school. Then being Catholic, they were like, you know what? We're going to send you guys to a Christian school. Though. So all my life, I knew who Christ was, right. or I knew about him, but I didn't know really who he was. Like I never encountered him until I came to this church. Wow. That's when everything changed. Wow, so, so, so I would say when I really accepted Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, 2008, when I got to this church. That's so awesome. How about you, Pastor Hazel? I want to hear. I remember last time we were talking about uh, recording the music video because uh, for one of your songs and you were mentioning just you had a big testimony. I was like, wow, I wanted to know more about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, basically, I was born into Christianity, right? Okay. Meaning that my parents were... Um, when I was born, my parents had started their walk with Jesus together. Um, and uh, I've been in this very church since I was born. So I am 32 or 33? You're 33. 33. <laughs> 33 years old. <laughs> and I've been here my entire life. Um, so growing up, I, um, you know, grew up in a, in, a, in a home where church was our daily lifestyle, I would say, you know, my parents weren't pastors back then. 
uh, but maybe they got to join ordain me when I was like around 10 years old. And then from then and on, I experienced what it was to be officially a PK, right? Mm -hmm. Pastor's kid. They were associate pastors, not senior pastors, but I grew up around that. I grew up, you know, very similar to, you know, what, what you were talking about, about knowing, you know, what goes behind the doors, what mm -hmm. goes on in the churches with the leadership, the struggles, um, the imperfections, yeah. the hurt, you know, uh, everything that you go through. So I, I saw it all. I grew up in the church. Um, there was a time period in my life, though, um, and I was always a good kid, generally speaking. Like, I never gave my mom any trouble, being mm -hmm. tranquila, super, super calm, you know, you sure good grades. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably, yes, yes, okay. yes. So maybe at around the age of maybe 12, 13, I started hanging out with the wrong people. Um, you know, they introduced me to things that I should not have been introduced to. Right. Uh, but even before that, um, I skipped a huge part. Of, of, of my testimony as well. When I was around five or six years old, I got introduced to, to sex in a very wow. negative way. You know, I experienced sex in a, in, a, in a very perverse way. You know, obviously as a child, this is already called, you know, abuse. And, mm -hmm. you know, growing up around that, you know, that, that almost became something that it was part of my secret life, things that I would never share with people. Wow. Um, you know, and, and that happened a couple of times throughout my life growing up, you know, I, 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 um, I was abused in different areas and specifically, you know, sexually. And, um, but when I was around 12 years old, 13, um, I just got curious to know more of the world, you know, and I, I, I didn't even know, but I was already carrying marks you know like you know right. having sexual trauma in my life not knowing that this is actually trauma now I understand that as an adult now I understand that that I should have never gone through any of that but I did you know um and then around 12 years old I I got curious I started hanging out with the wrong crowd um I was just you know started just going down the wrong path just completely the wrong path um I started, you know, going out. I would um, escape my mom's house, like in, in the middle of the nights wow. at 13, 14 years old. I started drinking, you know. I would cut school and I would just get completely trashed, <laughs> like you would say, completely mm -hmm. drunk. Come back home. My mom thought it was the flu. I would hide because I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm like, I'm a mess right now. If she comes anywhere near me, she will notice I was smoking weed. Um, you know, and this, you know, happened for a couple of years. Of course, my grades descended. Um, you know, it, it, you know, again, I was um, sexually abused again when I was 15 years wow. old. Um, it, it just, it was a pattern. It was a pattern. Um, and I lost respect for myself, for my body, you know, for who I was. It kind of became my lifestyle, you know, so I turned to somebody who was uh, very promiscuous you know and i say it boldly i i don't really wow. have shame i don't have shame of what god took me out of you know and i say it and people like look like pastor hazel are you serious you went to and i said yeah wow. yeah it was very promiscuous like all that lustful world mm -hmm. i know about it you know the desire to be seen the desire to 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 be you know just in that lustful atmosphere, you know, attracting men, you know, and women at a certain point in my life, wow. you know, like I had the whole thing going on, you know, because this spirit of lust has no boundaries, mm. you know, it has no boundaries. Once, once it is part of, you know, who you are, once you open the door and it, it you know, it comes in, 
it really manifests in so many areas and that's how you end up seeing people you know molest children and rape do yeah. things that they would never probably even think you know things with animals like you know it gets really intense because yeah. that's that's just what it is you know you open one door and then the enemy just takes complete advantage um, and, but deep down inside my whole life, I, I just, I felt like I had the fear of God. I felt like I, cause I had experiences with God, you mm -hmm. know, throughout my life. I, feel that, I yeah. did have a few encounters where I was like, you know what? I know God is real. You know, I know that this is real. Mind you, you know, in the church community that I was in, the pastor at the time, um, you know, he was not really right with God and mm -hmm. a lot of the things that he was doing also manifested in the youth because obviously wow. everything is spiritual. So yeah. if the head is wrong, it's going to influence the body. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Me being young, I didn't know. Uh, but a lot of that had to do with that. And then later on, I also found out so much about my family and about general gener generational curses I had to break right throughout the years. You learned so much. Right. Um, but you know that that was my lifestyle that was my lifestyle and i had a few encounters with god and and i knew deep down inside that you know what i i need more of you i need god i need you lord and and i would repent on sunday i would say i'm gonna stop this lifestyle mm. i'm gonna stop doing it and then on monday i was back on it i would again promise the lord lord help me i'm not gonna do it and then again it was just such a vicious cycle that i couldn't let go of you know and and the world was just like me, you know, like just completely mm -hmm. pulling me. And this whole time, you know, our, our beautiful pastora, Catalina, who is, um, you know, she she stood at the head of this uh, of the church. The The previous pastor is no longer here. Now we have, you know, our, our amazing Apostle Kathy. Um, you know, she she was my mentor at that time and, and really helped me, you know, get through so much. And my dear mother, who I bless her, and if she's watching this, I love you. You are the most amazing thing on this planet. Um, Number one suegra. Yes. <laughs> I hope she's yeah. the only one. The only one. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so she... <laughs> So my mom has always been a prayer wow. warrior, man. My mom's been a prayer warrior, man. She did, I, God only knows how many 40-day fasts so that I can be wow. transformed and delivered, you know? I gave my parents a huge headache. Uh, but it wasn't until I had like, maybe three encounters with God that marked my life. One was in also a prophetic word given to mm. me from a prophet. And I believe it was also a youth conference, man. Wow. That's crazy. It, I think it was a youth conference. It was about 500 people there. It was huge. And um, the guy does not give anybody else a prophecy. I think after me, he might have given me one more prophecy. There was wow. 500 people. And I'm like, what, four, 15? Like, I'm super young. Like, out of everybody, just comes to me and says, the Lord has seen your pain, you know? And told, tells me those words, like, God sees your struggle and the season is coming where he's going to take you out and you're not going to recognize yourself. It was so many words that, like, I barely remember now because I was just so touched and wrecked by the presence of God. Like, the fact that God would single me out of, yes. on the whole crowd and say, like, you're important to me. What mm. you're going through matters. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. I look past your sin. And this is what we preach to the young people. I, God looks past your sin. He doesn't care what you're doing. He cares about what you're going to be. Yeah. So he's still going to be here. I'm one to believe that even if you mess up, God is going to be there. We're parents. We know what it is. We know, like, no matter what our kids do, they can mess up. We can be really upset, really angry at them, but we're not going to leave their side ever, ever. Only parents can really understand that. When you become a parent, you understand the love of God on a whole other mm -hmm. level because 
what God, what parent leaves their child when they most need him? So right. if you mess up, if you sin, you know, I feel like it's, it's when God is most ready to come to you. We're the ones who walk away. With our sin, we depart ourselves mm -hmm. from God. But that he turns around, we're the ones that we don't believe. You know, We don't believe that because I know that even through my sin, I felt his presence. Wow. Through my sin, I know he was there. After I would do it, I would encounter him. And he, and like, I felt his presence. I yes. knew he was there. And sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I felt really far from him because that's what sin does exactly. separates you from God we separate ourselves from God but you know make a really long story short I had major encounters maybe two or three that marked my life um, and also personal encounters with him like in my room um, I had also a vehicle that helped me transform my life I started dating this guy who I said man God used him for a season for sure God used him to transform for sure my life it was needed God be using he X's on him Amen. Amen. Come on, baby. Yes, yes. They are vehicles. <laughs> but he was really on fire for God. Wow. And I, I, I was like, man, I'm surrounded by so much God, people that are just not on fire for God. Even people in church, young people that I knew were doing the same thing as me, going to church on Sunday and completely in the world the rest of the week. So to meet one man, one boy that was on fire for God and that I knew it was possible to be holy and to be different, mm. you know, or to, to love God, not yeah. perfect, because for sure he messed up, we messed up and we messed up in our yeah. relationship along the road. Right. But he read the Bible. He introduced me like what it was hunger for God and hunger for the Bible. The word of God transformed me, Jimmy, completely. Like I had encounters, but it wasn't until I started reading the Bible with this guy that my mind started to change because mm. that's why it's called the word of God. The word of God replaces your words. You yeah. know, when you read it, it removes the words of Satan, our own words, and it just replaces with godly thoughts. Reading the Bible just made me solidify my decision for Christ, you know, and that helped me grow, that helped me change. And, and little, little by little, I got opportunities, you know, here and there of teaching to the children, you know, in the church and the Bible school and, you know, preaching here and there on a Sunday when, you know, the leaders in the church thought that I was ready. Apostle Kathy, when she felt that I was, you know, that I was strong enough, you know, little by little girl. And it hasn't been perfect. I have failed many times. We have failed many yeah. times, you know, um, our relationship also wasn't perfect, but man, we have, and we know we've experimented the grace of God in our wow. lives on a whole nother level, yeah. on a whole nother level, because even as getting married, you know, I was already, that was years later, right? My encounter, my change started when I was around, I would say 17 years old, okay. right? Yeah. When I, when I, when I started dating him, it was a different season in my life. I had ups and downs. I had emotional issues, things that now I understand. Um, but, you know, at, at that point in our lives, I wasn't that strong in the Lord. Yeah. You know, we fell as well. You know, I got pregnant out of wedlock, a wow. whole nother scandal in the church. Wow. It, wasn't you know? the, it wasn't the ideal situation of a wow. PK and me being kind of brand new to the church. Yeah. Apostle was like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. But. Wow, that's our testimony. <laughs> that's wow. that's basically our testimony. We didn't do the ideal right thing, but um, I think preservation only happens when there's purpose. Mm -hmm. That's why you're here because God preserved you. That's yeah. why we're here in marriage. A lot of people get divorces, you know, right. left and right because they just don't want to do the will of God. Mm -hmm. Maybe right. So. 
the reason why we are here both together, because I could easily be like, bro, I'm out of here. You take right. the kids and I'm out. That machismo and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But I firmly believed, you know, that this was the right one for me, wow. even though I messed up, even though I got her pregnant, you know? And it's not ideal, but when God is in it, when God is involved, and when you let God be like the center of that relationship, God is just going to uplift you from where you're at, mm -hmm. whether it's a pit, whether it's, you know, the, the deepest, darkest place. And he's just going to lift you up. Wow. And yeah. we've seen the, the hand of God mm. in our marriage, in our finances, starting from zero, man, literally to zero, all the way till now, like with, with kids involved, which is another delicate level area atmosphere mm -hmm. responsibility like how ready are you to be a kid yeah. uh, a parent yeah. i'm sorry yeah. at yeah. 21 years 21, old <laughs> wow. um question so i know you mentioned because i felt i related so much with your testimony when it came to just experiencing god but still falling and still going back right um like i mentioned when i got that word I w that was five years ago. I was 20 years old. Um, but after that word, experienced the Lord. My first encounter completely with God was at 12. Um, I preached at a youth conference in front of like two, 300 people at the age of 12. So I knew God had something for me, right? But always running away. But also what would keep me was those experiences. When was your like definite moment where you were like, yeah, I can't do this no more? Like... You know, when was it where you were just like, um, I'm going to get serious with God? You know what? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, because I remember just making that decision every Sunday and wow. failing every Monday or that same Sunday in the night. So me saying that there was one specific moment. No, for That's me, so it, was it was a journey. It was a journey. Process. It was a journey yeah. where I fell, but then I started falling less, right. and falling less yeah. and picking up. It was like a restoration process. Wow. It was never radical. It was never from one day to wow. another. I want to talk about that because like growing up in church, I heard so many testimonies of people who their lives would change from one day to the next. Like some radical encounters, some visitations from God that they, you know, they say that they visited heaven, some crazy stuff. Growing up hearing that and then I'm trying to like experience that. Right. Because I was looking for that. God, I want to I want to whatever I'm feeling. I wanted to from one day to the next completely change. But it didn't happen like that. Mine was a process as well. And that's why, like, I, I can answer that also question. I never had a moment where I was like, OK, that's it. Yeah. It was always a consistent battle for me, you know, and had crazy encounters with God. But still that back and forth was always hard. And but what, how can I say it? How what was your then? When something you said really key was the word of God, when you started reading the Bible, because I know there's a lot of young people probably watching right now, probably in the same situation as us, that struggling, going to church on Sunday, trying their best. As of recently, I've had so many DMs of people telling me, man, I'm struggling. It's hard, but like uh, I'm trying, you know, and what can you say to those people who are battling with that? That's the key word, Jimmy, trying. Mm. trying over and over again, not giving up. So um, our Apostle Kathy has this phrase that she's known for. He's, no me da la gana de rendirme, right? Wow. 
I remember her preaching okay. that over and over again. Like, I just don't feel like giving up, right? Mm -hmm. And that's in English. I yeah. just don't feel like giving up. And I remember her just like preaching this with fire and warrior like spirit. And man, I was always in those messages, my hands were up. I was yelling like, yes, yes, man. And I would mess up over and over again. <laughs> I think I think the key, there, there's so much to speak about right. on this subject, man. But I think one important key is um, not giving up 100%, you know, um, expect to fall. Yes. There's no perfect Christian walk. Mm. You're going to fail. It's just part of it. There's no way. How are yeah. you going to learn? How are you going to have a testimony? How are right. you going to be able to explain to other people the grace of God if you yourself right. haven't, you know, haven't experienced, um, experienced it? Forgive yourself. Yeah. Forgive yourself um, when you fall, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, um, be gracious to yourself, yeah. you know, because sometimes we end up hating ourselves and that's right. what gets people to right. think that suicide is the answer because right. they're just like, mm. it's me, <laughs> you know, I'm the problem. I can't, I can't do it, but it's not you, you know, yeah. young people, it's, it's not you, you know, it's, it's God through you, it's God holding that cross. You don't have to do it alone. You're not alone. Once you give your life to Christ, that's what he does. He takes your burden, you know? It doesn't matter if you fall. Like, he will hold it for you. It's not yours. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to carry it anymore. It's his. Give it to him and believe that. Believe that. Because that sets you free. That's yeah. like the first step of freedom, you know? Confessing to people. Confessing to mm -hmm. a leader. I need help. Surrounding yourself with people that that you know are going to help you. And right. that's 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 critical. Our tendency when we fall is to run away, number one, yeah. from God and from the church. That's mm. the enemy's plan, 100%. He is after that. He wants you to run away. No, but God says you fall is when I need you the closest. You know, mm. the word says Jesus Christ came for the broken, yes. for the ones that need healing, for the ones that are sick. That's what Jesus came yeah. for. The Bible says God is close to the brokenhearted, close, you know, but he's far from the prideful, you know. There's people in church right now that think they got it all together, mm. but they don't got it all together. Yeah, and Jesus is there. I don't got it all yeah, together. We don't got it all together. We, I, and, I, and I admit that, and I love that, and I yeah. feel the more that I admit that, the closer God comes. Wow. I feel him more because he's like, all right, you know, basta de mi gracia. Right. You know, my grace is sufficient right. in your weakness. That's so powerful because, you know, talking, let, let, I want to really dive into that because um, a lot of people, Christians, number one, they're known for being the most judgmental. Christians are known for being no, the ones that are like always, what is the list of I can'ts? What are the list of don't do's? Don't do this. Don't do that. Right. When I think it's so beautiful in the life of Jesus that the Bible says that he came in grace, but he also came in truth, you know. And I think that sometimes people just dive into just truth where everything is. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. But then we forget the grace area. And I think we put so many leaders, pastors on pedestals, you know, where we think they can't fall. And we think that everything has to be perfect. You know, and growing up in church and being in leadership after, you know, uh, Christ changed my life, especially now my parents being pastors and helping them pastoring now and leading the uh, leading of the church. It's like I always tell the Lord, I'm like, no matter how high you take me, I want to stay at your feet because I think that sometimes I think this generation, this young people wants to see real people like that's what hurt me was seeing something on the altar and this is not to judge no leaders or nothing but it's just like seeing leaders up there and just talking about how perfect they are 
how and not necessarily saying that they're perfect, but just giving you that example of like, I got it all together. Right. When the Bible says, like, don't think you're strong lest you fall, you know, and I think that's something that I've experienced in my life. I saw it in my life and that's what hurt me. And I think that's why so many young people shy away from church because they think they got to be perfect. They think they got to meet certain requirements when Jesus told the religious people, like, I didn't come for you guys. Like you said, like, I came for the sinners. Like, I was the one sitting with sinners, you know. Like, he didn't become them, but he came for them. And that's something that, you know, I want people to realize, especially coming from you guys of years of pastoring and hearing that from you as a young person. I'm so grateful to hear that, you know. And it's not like I believe this, too. Like, it's not that we're going to be now permissive with sin and everything. No, because I guess that's where the truth area comes to. But having grace on people. You know, like, Jesus, like, imagine, like, when I was getting that word, I was like, dang, my sin wasn't called out. Like, the moment that I was going through wasn't called out. My purpose was being called out. Like, God wasn't looking at my current situation. And I think we need that in the church more, is that love and and um, accepting the person. Of course, not accepting the sin, but accepting the person. And that transformation in certain people and a lot of people is progressive. You know, it's the sanctification process. Yeah. So, um, that's so important. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Yeah. Even now, you know, this whole thing with the, I'm I'm getting into touchy subjects. You ready for this? (laughs) Like the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, you know, they feel so rejected and Mm -hmm. so marginalized by society, right? That right now, they're pushing so that their culture becomes the whole culture of the whole United States and the whole world. You know, it's, you know, we know it's an agenda. We know. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's, it's like crazy. Like what if we dealt with these people different way, you know, because we, we say, you know, God is a God of love. You know, we say God forgives, you know, But if we're calling out their sin and telling them that they're wrong before getting to know them as humans, before showing them the love of Christ, before just embracing them and bringing them in, they're not going to accept that message. They're not going to accept you telling me like you're wrong with your lifestyle. You need to change, you know, and we we say that, Mm -hmm. but in a in a more like spiritual way. But I, I'm one to believe that an LGBT person can change once you have a relationship with them. Absolutely. Yes. And I believe in the power of God. I believe that God can do it. I believe it's through encounters. I believe that 100%. Yeah. But there's also so much power in taking time to mentor people yes. and showing them the love of God and right. become and, and knowing their story, where it came from. You right. know, this past year and a half, God has me in a whole inner healing journey. Wow. A year and a half where God has been showing me that It's more than just spiritual. You have mental battles. You have psychology. You have mind. You have things that you need to deal with. You know, that you need to heal memories. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's more than just, you know, spiritual stuff. It's more than just demonic. Like, that's what we want to do. We want to deliver everybody. And glory to God, I believe it because Lord knows I love deliverance. I have been in deliverance retreat. God has used me and glory to God. Like I know that God has given me that mantle, but I also believe in the power of speaking and the power of loving people and power of mentoring people. You know what I'm saying? That's wow. So you touch so many topics right now. 
one like okay like let's i guess i want to talk about the um the the gay community and all this because i totally agree with what you're saying 100 about the deliverance i want to touch on that because it's like nowadays you said we think we want to deliver and everything is a demon and it's like we can't deliver there's one thing we can't deliver ourselves from and it's our flesh and so many people think it's just because they have a temptation or because you know they feel clinged on to something or have a temptation or something it's quickly a demon and it's like we're always going to be tempted and we're always going to feel certain things because we're in this body that is sinful that god redeemed but always wants the world you know like the bible says like the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak like what the flesh wants to do the spirit doesn't want to do and what the spirit wants to do the flesh doesn't want to do so it's a constant battle and i even see it through the life of apostle paul where he's like the things that i don't want to do those are the things i do i'm like what about he's like what a body what a like what what a wretched man that i am like he was so just like down himself like dang like i'm desiring these things and i think you know now going with what happened um in this christian school recently in nashville with the shooting that happened um i was reading the background and I'm, i remember waking up and i was praying and then i got on my phone on instagram and this is the first thing i see And when I saw a shooting, I just first read a shooting and I was like, man, not again. Like, when is this going to stop? And I know it's biblical that a lot of these things to happen. But when I saw then it happening to a Christian school, that's when I was like, no, like not our people. You know, like I get it. These things are supposed to happen in the world, but not in the sons of God. Right. And then when I find out there was a Christian school and she went to that school. Right. And then. That kind of just, I, I step back a little bit. And I'm like, hmm. And then touching on what you said, it's like, we, the church, we say we love people and we love the gay community. But as soon as they take a step in, we're that, like, we change. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. We change. And that reminds me right now of Peter when um, Paul got mad at him because of the circumcision. When he was preaching, uh, he was like not living the life of a Jew And then as soon as he see the people of the circumcision, other Jewish people come, he steps away from the the Gentiles and starts acting a different way. And I feel like that's so what's happening in the church right now. It's like we say we act, you know, like in our freedom that Christ has given us. But then as soon as, you know, other leaders or people come, we, we change our front. We put a mask on, you know, and I believe we need to love people. And I think even like Jesus said, like, love your neighbor as you love yourself. We're, I don't believe we're going to win souls with judging people. I don't believe we're going to win souls by just telling them. They already know what they're doing is wrong. Deep down inside, they know what they're doing is wrong. Like when I was doing all these things, I'm pretty sure when you guys were it before Christ, you knew you guys weren't living the best life and doing the things you guys needed to do. We know that. And as young people, I think the more you tell us to do, to tell us to stop doing something, the more we do it. You know, and what's your take on that? Like on on showing the love of God to these people. Like, um, do Christians, and I'm asking you guys as Christians, a uh, question, uh, like, being the outsider right now. Should the Christians, should the church accept the gay community? Good, that's a good <laughs> question. And to what extent? Right. I mean, our, our apostle always preaches mm -hmm. we love the person, like you said, yeah. but not the sin. Correct. And I think apostle, our leader, spiritual mom, mm -hmm. has shown every human being in this church and outside of this church time patience and that she does care for that person so mm -hmm. 
that's the example that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do have to have the heart of God because right. we can't show that love, that expression of God without him, without mm-hmm. an encounter. So, yeah, we have to mature a little bit. Right. We got to mature a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, Because I'm seeing what we saw in Osbury, the college, such a revival that was that was breaking out and i believe that god is really going to swipe generation z like never before and i'm a big believer in that that god is going to do something so powerful with this generation and and it's funny because he's lifting up leaders he's lifting up new people like i've seen it all around god is like really removing a lot of people who were up there before and god is lifting up a lot of rejects like god is lifting up a lot of people who the church ignored didn't want to listen to and it's cause it's causing it all over America, you know, because like even the Bible says we're like the more sin increases, the more my grace is going to abound. You know, the more sin, the more grace. And I believe the more the sin is increasing in the world with, you know, all these I'm seeing so many things on TikTok, social media, especially having a younger sister, 15 years old, where she shows me so many things like all these drag queens, all this craziness, you know, hearing today Donald Trump about to get arrested. You know, all the craziness that's happening in the world. I'm like, God is going to lift up people and young people who radically love him. And I think it comes, like you said, Pastor, from a relationship with God. You know, that love like you, we can't love people. We're first not like in him. Right. You know, like he's the true vine. We got to be connected with him. And I think that that's why some people don't know how to show love when, you know, G- like the first commandment that Jesus said is like, love your uh, love me with all your heart, with all your soul. And then he was like, love your neighbor as you love yourself or even as I have loved you. So I think that's so that's missing. And especially you guys being youth, pa- uh, youth pastors, you know, what would you tell a young generation right now that is crying out for help? You know, I've seen it. I, I'm, I was one of them. And it's funny because I checked the ages of Generation Z. And it says it's, it was from 1997 to, I believe, like 2010 and something like that. Right. And I'm 1997. So I was like, wow, I didn't know it was Generation Z. Like made it right on there, you know. And I can speak for my generation, a generation that is broken, a generation that is hurt by the church because a lot of my peers that I speak to at some point in their childhood, they went to church. You know, or they heard of just a lot of stories in the church, you know, and what would you guys tell this young generation right now that is in they're hungry for God. They're hungry for the supernatural. They're hungry for something different. That's why there's so much now like, you know, this whole um, new age stuff, you know, saging, crystals, uh, meditation. They're looking for an answer to all of these things. And what would you guys tell them? I wanted to uh, just share this with you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um you can't do anything without God. And that's what the Word of God says. Without me, you cannot do anything. I've seen that because me being married to my wife and having kids, you know, that alone is not easy. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have God in that, this whole thing would have been destroyed. Our family, it would have been a family. It would have been broken. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, I've seen in our, not career, in our uh, ministry, a lot of kids that don't have parents that are divorced because they don't have a God inside their lives because their relationship with God ceased, right? So I've seen God really move in our finances, buying a house, in our ministry, using us as vessels to touch souls in other countries, Mm -hmm. um, just like you, you know? And 
what I tell this generation, what I tell this youth, because we're youth pastors, is you can't make it if you don't have God in your life. You, you won't make it. You won't make it because the word of God said, not by power, not by might, but by yeah. my spirit. I couldn't overcome pornography mm. with just me. But it was a gradual cutting it off. And I didn't want to bring that into my marriage, marriage. even though we were failing big time from the beginning. Fornicating, not being married, not doing not doing it the right way, right. right? And then pornography on my end, you know, that was my weakness. Uh -huh. And God cut that off for me, you know, but it was a gradual thing. So how could I have done it without God? Uh -huh. With Without God, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Right. Without, If it wasn't for God, I would still be watching pornography. Mm. And my kids, they're, they're, that curse would have been on top of them. But right. because God is in our lives, because God is the center this is a cliche, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's the truth. It is. Because you cannot live a godly life and give examples of a godly man or a woman to your kids mm -hmm. or to anybody if God is not the center. Right. So that's how I have experienced God. Having Him in the center has blessed us tremendously in our marriage. Going 12 this year, 12 years this, wow. this I'm sorry, this month. 12 years and that's only like you like you said like we said by the grace of god we're still here and we're still together mm -hmm. and we're still happy and a marriage needs god I, I i that's no other way i can express it but you need god mm -hmm. i need god just like you need god yeah wow a question pastor how long were you dealing for pornography for if you mind answering that i don't mind at all yeah. um i always tell the youth i'm like Bro, I used to suffer from this too. I'm a man. I have the same weakness. I have the same feelings and emotions. Men are driven by their eyes, yes. by their sight, by their vision. So um, it's, it's our responsibility and duty to really strengthen that inner man inside of us. I would say 16, 17 wow. to 20. Two, 23 when we were married. We got married at 21, right? Mm-hmm. So it took me a couple of years, but, wow. but at the same time, it's been forever since I, I haven't later touched that, wow. you know, and, and it, obviously God cuts lip. That was my experience. You know, like you said, there's people that have gotten a radical right. boom one day. And then the yeah. other day you're Superman. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, little <coughs> by little day by day, God started cutting off the computer, my cell phone. And then, I just got delivered. That that's where, I, and then God has used us to deliver other youth from different curses, different wow. addictions, not only pornography, masturbation. Uh, I suffer from that as well, mm -hmm. you know. But God has blessed me with a beautiful wife, and wow. and you know we don't. I don't do that anymore in my marriage. Thank God, you know. Um, and I've been clean from that for so many years, wow. and I'm a witness, you know. And I want to just tell the audience, because there's yes. people that are married here, you know, that do it. There's people that go to church, they're married, and they still watch pornography. Yep. They still watch, they still uh, uh, masturbate. Mm -hmm. You know, that's supposed to be for your wife to enjoy and for me to enjoy my wife. It's a 
holy communion, connection, sanctification. When I'm, you know, having intimacy with my wife, it's sanctified. Right. It's pure. That's what God wants us to enjoy ourselves under a covenant. There you go. But if it's not under the covenant, then you're under a curse. Mm. So we need to be under a covenant so that we can be blessed. And what can you tell someone right now that is probably a listener watching us? Uh, I posted a video a couple weeks ago where I uh, posted a reel on Instagram where I spoke about um, um, people who are dealing with pornography and masturbation. Yeah, uh, I, I posted a reel on it, just praying for people who are dealing with that, right? And just telling them that, you know, their body is the Lord's. Like the Bible says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm sorry, man. <laughs> there was a one uh, Friday youth service. Yeah. When I was preaching, I'll never forget it. And nobody in this church will ever forget. And I was preaching. And I was like, men, I want you to stand up right now. God is about to sanctify you right now with the mic in my hand. And I'm like, men, I want you to stand up. Take your right hand and put it on your private part. Oh, man. God is about to sanctify you right now in the name of Jesus. Man, that was a powerful <laughs> moment, man. I mean, the anointing was yeah. in that place. And God directed me to do that because wow. these youth, these youth were doing everything, you know, A, B, C, D, D, all the above. Wow. So I I will never forget that. Wow. And I forgot that, but God reminded me right here. The Holy Spirit reminded wow. me right now that through these prophetic acts, yes. God is gonna use you and me to touch yeah. these souls. So um, yeah, if you're watching me. I want you to put your hand on your private area, whatever that is. If you're a woman or if you're a man, God is going to sanctify that right now so that he could heal you and prosper you so you could wait for the right one at the right time, right? Yes. So that, that was my experience. Wow. And I know the youth will never forget that. <laughs> wow, wow. And then you did it again in the youth retreat last did? year, didn't you? I don't remember. I was it. told. I was wow. told. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's such a big topic because I posted that, right? Because I was getting so many comments, people asking me this, these things, right? And um, the video blew up, right? It Right now, it's, it had, probably has like over 200,000 views, that video. And I started getting so many comments and DMs. And the majority, I would say 95% of my inbox right now is filled with questions just on that topic. People are just saying, I go to church and I'm still doing it. I'm battling with it. Like... I'm they're like I'm praying but I'm still battling with it like how did you overcome it I, it was gradual like I told gradual you. was there something specific you did was like or now that God set you free you said you have so many years without doing it like was there something specifically you would put yourself to do and to avoid those thoughts like yeah I would mm -hmm. definitely try to cut out my time on the screen mm -hmm. Number one. Number two, you have to fill up yourself with the word of God, because right. if you're constantly on the phone, that's an easy open right. door temptation to right. look anywhere and everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, number three would be, you know, obviously being married to a holy woman of God. She's going to that holiness is going to extend right. over you. So I feel like that helped me out as well. Okay. Um, and the church, you know, church is very important, too. Yes. Oh. Let me let me add on to that. I remember my husband also speaking about this because we like to be really raw in the things that mm -hmm. we say, like zero filter, you That's know. <laughs> so one of the things that is really powerful that he says is don't take your phone to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Something practical. Don't take your phone to the bathroom. 
you know, because if you don't want to fall, that right there is a vehicle for you to, to fall, you know, talking about pornography, right? right. It goes together. Masturbation and pornography yeah. go together, right? It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you need a screen to masturbate, but that is a practical tool. Another thing, like talking about practical things, right? right. Um, because we do believe in deliverance. Like, mm -hmm. I think that that is a powerful way to start a journey. And I say start a journey because it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that the moment you're delivered, you're never going to do it again. That is a lie. Yes. You know, you're going to be struggling that 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 demon is going to come back and knock on your door. You know, it's like the parable that Jesus says in the word, you know, like, you know, once a demon is removed, that house is clean, that yeah. house is perfect. But you know what? Seven demons worse are going to come yeah. back, you know, to see if the house is filled, to see right. if the house is still clean. What's the condition of that house? Right? right. You know, to see if it's inhabitable or not. So once you're delivered from that, once you experience God, once that that demon, you know what it is? You know, I think something so powerful is don't hide it. Mm. You know, you yeah. have to have an accountability partner. You mm. have to, whether that is a leader, whether that is a mentor, somebody you trust, somebody who's in a greater spiritual level than you. You need to have accountability. You need to confess that to somebody. I know it's hard because yeah. of religiosity right yeah. now. Like yes. religion is so, you know, because what we're talking about, the term is that spirit of religion that right. attacks you and says you got to be perfect. You got to be perfect. That makes youth run away, right? right? So definitely have somebody that you trust, even if it's not in your church. I dare to say it, you know, like, this is not about, you know, pastors, this is my church. You know, you can't like, no, like if you're really struggling, reach out to somebody outside wow. from your church, somebody who you look up to elsewhere, you yeah. know, like this is your life. This is your salvation. This is, yes. this is you and God, you know, yes. have an accountability partner. Tell them what you're going through. Help them pray for you every day. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's specifically with that, you know, with yes. like, you know, by name, like yes. pornography, masturbation, yes. Lord, help him, help mm -hmm. him, you know a prayer buddy, you know, to, yeah. to say. Um, like, reach out, like she said, reach out to somebody outside of your church. That's one thing I, I do right now because I know I don't know it all. Right. I told uh, another spiritual mentor that I have in my life, and we have, uh, you know, uh, people outside of this church that help us out. Um, inside I, it, and out. Inside <laughs> we, and out. We like all resources. Yeah. We We're have, open. <laughs> we, have, we have our mother here who helps us out. And has helped us out since day one with our matrimony. And then uh, I've reached out to others, right? And because I know I don't know it all. I told that mentor, um, hey, apostle, he's an apostle. I want to tell you that this is my position. Just like the philosopher Socrates says, I know that I don't know it all. Or I know that I don't know it all. Mm -hmm. So that's what he says. Um, and he said, you know what? I know that. And that's why you're here with me. And I'm going to teach you things. I'm going to make you expand, right? And I'm going to let you also know, this is what you told me, mm -hmm. that you're, by through your experiences, you're going to bless others because you went through it. So I feel like God takes us through this sin, mm -hmm. through this route, through hard trials and tribulations so that we can help others along the way. Nice. Yeah. And one last thing. Um, I like to, this is my saying, and the youth always, they know me by this. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. That's <laughs> yeah. what I like to say. And I could apply it to so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, you know, if you're struggling, if your viewers are struggling with that type of addiction or anything, make sure you know that right, your current situation is not your final destination. Mm -hmm. wow. That's so good. Yeah, I, I've told 
young people there's so many times that are dealing with this and i'm like uh because they go through deliverance right say someone prays for them right now pastor just released a word of prayer rhythm right you believe you're free you got delivered and then afterwards it's like you said something about the phone right it's like if you're going to bed and you're on instagram and you're just sliding inside even though you got delivered you're putting yourself in a position to fall and that's not a demon like that's your flesh looking just as to be satisfied yeah, like even Apostle Paul said, he's like, I wish you guys stayed single. But he's like, if your burning desires don't let, like your passions doesn't let you, he's like, go get married, right? So it's part of our nature to feel those things, to our hormone, hormones feel these things. But it's like, you know, that's where if you're young and not married or not even dating or anything, like, you know, you got to crucify the flesh. That not everything is a demon, not everything is a spirit. There's things that you just got to stop putting yourself around. Like, you know, if you're battling with drugs, addictions, Stop hanging around with certain people that are causing you to go into that. You know, not like not everything is super spiritual. Yes, we are spiritual beings, you know, because I don't want to take the power away from deliverance because deliverance is powerful, you know. But I've then spoken to the people where everything is a demon and they drive themselves crazy. Mm. I'll just say I don't have any of basically I don't associate myself with none of my people that I used to go to high school with. They're not in my life anymore. I don't talk to them. They're not my influence. Yeah. They, before they were. They, it was my crew, my homie, mm -hmm. this and that. But it's all about the decisions you make and the discipline you have. Right. Your discipline will determine your decisions. Mm -hmm. Conversations, Jimmy. Conversations. Just as simple as conversations. Like, what conversation are you engaging? You know, yeah. like the enemy's going to use so much sure. to tempt you. Yeah. The conversations of men. Mm -hmm. women too but men take that conversation to another right. level about right. sex yeah. about yeah. you know women's bodies and yeah. things that are completely sensual lustful like you enter a barber shop you're gonna hear that doom 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 yeah. it's gonna smack you everywhere the music you listen to like uh. everything influences like what are you listening to what conversations are right. you having who is your best friend yeah. you know what do you read are you even reading like it's all about, like you said, those decisions mm -hmm. that you're making, you know, physically, we need to exercise. Like yeah. it is, it is proven that you will release everything you need to mm -hmm. release to your body. Like, so especially men, like exercising, getting involved in sports, doing other things will allow you to get less tempted. Your hormones, right, everything, right. your testosterone levels, everything yeah. is going to, you know, get kind of released through sweating, right. through movement, you Keeping know. Keeping yourself occupied. Keeping, Keeping yourself, yourself occupied. Yeah. Don't have idle moments. 100%. I heard, I, I know one time, Pastor, my husband said, uh, take cold showers. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Take cold showers. Like when you're like, ah, you know, that helps. Like yeah. it just, yeah. it, 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 it helps, you know, talking about practical things. So much that we can speak on because I know that we have murdered this topic in this church in the we sense like we have really spoken wow. so yeah. much about it. Uh, <clears throat> this reminds me of my one of my friends, good friends in the uh, Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. He was um, uh, looking for a wife, man, and, and all he did was pray and pray and pray, man. And he's like our age, a little younger. And now he's finally married. I think he got married last year. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, so I would just recommend, man, the basics. Pray. Yeah. Mm. Pray. Of course. Because yeah. my man, he was he would literally he told me he would literally ask because he's a PK, mm -hmm. uh pastor's, pastor's kid. kid. Mm -hmm. Just like you are, but I'm not a pastor's kid. But uh he would say, Dad, pray for me. Put your hands on me, pray for me, because 
yo, temptation is tough. It's real, man. Yeah. And, you know, he has his past as well. Uh, he's an awesome uh, past, youth pastor. Um, his, he's been a youth pastor in Dominican Republic for many wow, years. Awesome. Uh, but he would tell me he would have to ask his parents to pray for over him because, you know, temptation, emotions, feelings, right. adrenaline, mm -hmm. you know. But, um, but yeah, I would say bring it back to the basics. Pray. Yeah, pray. Declare the word of God over your yes. life. Bind your mind. Declare mind it. Like, Christ. I'm free. Yeah. I'm free. Even if you don't feel it. Even if you're not free. Like, yeah. remove those thoughts verbally. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, literally speak it out loud. Yeah. Like, I'm free. These thoughts don't belong to me. You yeah. know? Like, when you have a past of sexual trauma, these images come, you know, for years. Like, I'm saved. I'm, I've been free from all of that, too. I struggle with exactly what you're talking about because sexual trauma just... It just affects you completely. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, the enemy will throw me darts from really far away. And I already know. I can sense it, you know, because it gets to a point, you know, young people that are listening, you don't you don't see, you don't feel it now. But as you grow in God, as you mature, as you get better, as you conquer this area in your life, you know, you're going to be able to stop it way before it's even close to you. Like, it's still far, you know. It's like the dart is, you could see it. Like, the dart is about to come and you're like, eh, stop it right there. You know, you know how to stop it. You know how to deal with those moments, you know. So it'll come. It'll come, you know, but... It's like a, my mom always tells me faith is, a, is, a, is, a, is like a muscle. It's like a spiritual muscle, right? right? That you have to work it out every yeah. day. And it's a daily decision. To, and I feel like it's the same concept right. for you to be free from pornography, from masturbation. It's a daily, it's a daily trial. It's a daily, you know, exercising in the spirit. is is surrounding yourself right. with God. Things like, honestly, if you're not surrounded by godly things, you don't listen to godly music. If you don't watch, if you watch movies and stuff that you, you know, so big, come yeah. on, you gotta, you gotta either fast forward or you gotta change what you're watching. Yeah. You know, you can't sit there and be like, you know, yeah. you're following all these accounts, hit that unfollow button, dude. Right. Like you really want to be free right. decisions. Exactly. And that's so good. Cause it's like, that's not people is like, Oh, you're being religious. That's not being religious. That's guarding and keeping being spiritual and keeping your salvation and keeping your freedom because the devils and God are after one thing. And that's our hearts. You know, and, you know, like even the Bible says that there are eyes, like if your eye is filled of light, then your body's filled of light. And if your body, you know, if your eyes are dark, how great is that darkness? The Bible says, you know, and nowadays, even Jesus even said it even crazier. He's like, even if you look at someone lustful, you know, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So, you know, that's so good on. I think that's this has been a really good podcast talking about that because it's, you know, getting all these messages and whatnot, just hearing it from you guys, that advice and that these young people need to now, you know, um, hear. And I asked pastor already this question. I want to ask you, pastor, this question is what would you say to this generation now? Um, you know, being a youth pastor, seeing everything that's going around, what can you tell this generation and how to walk with the Lord and with everything going around right now? Mm. Uh, I would say be bold because you have the truth be bold. And I say this because so much going on, um, th they're trying to silence young people, yeah. Christian young people, Christian people in general, you know? It's like our voice no longer matters. Like, mm -hmm. we're outdated, you know? Like, you know, the, this whole freedom, you know, that's yeah. coming, you know, uh, and everything that's being preached um, nowadays is for us to be, for us to be bold, 
you know, for like the young that. people to really be bold and to believe that what you have is really the most powerful thing on this planet. Right. It's most, more powerful than the opinions of your friends. It's more powerful than, than, you know, your teachers and what they tell you. It's more powerful than, than what you see on social media. It's more powerful than what you see in movies. It's more powerful than what you see everywhere, you know, like you having Christ inside of you. It makes you automatically powerful. You are more than enough just because you are a son of God. Amen. You know, and understanding that identity makes yeah. you bold. You say, God, I know who I am in you, and I'm going to walk in my purpose, and I'm going to do it no matter if I'm imperfect, no matter if I'm going to fall, no matter if, if you know, if, if I hurt others along the way, if I hurt myself along yeah. the way. You know, I'm, I'm here for one reason only, and it's to follow Jesus, whatever that means, you know, and carry that cross every day. We are going to have a cross, but like I said before, he carries it for us. He carries Amen. It for wow, us. that's so good. Yes. Wow. This has been so awesome. Um, before I, uh, every podcast, before I finish, I always like finishing a prayer, praying for the viewers and the watchers and the listeners that are listening through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and watching through YouTube. And I would love for you guys to be able to pray for everyone watching and listening and, you know, anything God puts in your heart to release for the people, you know. Amen. 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 Father, we just thank you, God, for these yes, uh, viewers and these listeners, God. Yes, um, this is what uh, a pastor told me one time, and I, I share this with you, mm -hmm. but I also share with your viewers that the expectations that people have on mm -hmm. you, you will surpass and exceed. Yes. That's what he told me at that moment. I was like going through so much, and I'm like, man, I didn't think too much of myself. But where God has brought me out of has just been so much yeah. more so I always like to say God has more. And this is what I also like to say. God's promise is always in front of you, never behind you. Mm. It's always going to be looking forward and not behind you. So I came just to tell you here, I want to bless your life. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to bless you and prosper you and for that, so that you can do God's perfect will. Because mm. we are here to do God's will, nothing else. Amen. Plain, simple terms. So I just want to pray, Father, we just thank you, God yes, Almighty, Lord. for these viewers, these listeners, and this podcast. We ask you to sanctify, purify yes, our minds Lord. and our hearts, purify the listeners and the viewers watching us today, Lord. Yes, we just God. thank you, God, because there's an ear that wants to hear and wants to be obedient to what is being said and shared here yes. on this podcast. We thank you, God Almighty, and we bless you, and we also bless this podcast. Amen. And we bless Jimmy and his family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Wow. Yes. Would you like to share something, Pastor? No. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I know awesome. that that God is, this is only the beginning. And I know the message got out. And we felt yeah. the presence of God as we were talking. We know he is here. We had nothing planned. Right. <laughs> we said, Babe, what are we talking about today? No idea. Just generations, whatever the Lord puts, you know, about the youth and about. So we know that God is here, you Amen. know, and, and, and we know that people are going to be blessed. And, and we declare that in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you guys for being part of this podcast. And once again, thank you guys for your yes to God. And, you know, always um, even from afar, you know, always um, been watching you guys and seeing the growth of, of this ministry. You know, your apostle as well, you know, family loves her and I love her as well. It's just such a big blessing and full circle moment. Five years ago, 
saw you guys again in December at the conference we at the event we had at our church and a couple months we're here recording a podcast so thank you you know and thank you to your apostle as well for allowing this here as well so you know uh to many more hopefully it's not the last one as well so yeah thank you guys (laughs) yes thank you so just wanted to uh dismiss all the listeners that are watching us thank you guys for watching um don't forget to comment like share subscribe if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe to the channel if you're listening to spot in spotify or apple podcast make sure to follow it and share it with someone and don't forget every tuesday is a new episode and i'll see you guys on the following episode god bless you guys